I haven't seen you since the play. Disrespectful. 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 These are my me? puzzles. I demand to be respected for my puzzling puzzles. Hey, listen. You know, you can't just you can't just barge in here. You can't just look at my puzzles <laughs> and tell me they're nothing. You gotta look me dead you look me dead in the eye and tell me that my puzzles are stupid? I don't think so. They're puzzles. You know who's stupid? You. You're stupid. <laughs> the doormat outside says take off your shoes. Not take off your respect. For my puzzles. Not for my puzzles, don't you dare! Don't even think of the disrespect for my puzzles right now. I swear to God, you know, if my father was around to hear this, wouldn't stand for it. No disrespecting puzzles in this house, okay? Wouldn't fucking stand for it, okay? <laughs> there used to be a little thing called manis. I don't know why okay. you just turned into if if Gilbert Gottfried was in a Scorsese film. Listen here, <laughs> listen up, chumps. <laughs> So you just go get your fucking shine box. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I mean, I get that he has a funny voice. It's very funny that he became a children's voiceover actor because he is the filthiest stand-up comedian you oh, will ever, yeah. ever come across. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Him, Bob Saget. Uh, Bob Saget Bob... is dirty because he's not funny. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's dirty in lieu of funny. Gilbert Gottfried, you got to give it up. His voice is very funny. Oh, yeah. Um, now, of course, it is a stage voice. I hate to dispel that illusion. He doesn't actually sound like Really? That. Yeah. Um, now I want to hear what he sounds like outside of the character. He's just like, hi. Hi, I'm Gilbert. Hi. <laughs> hi, I play Iago in Aladdin. <laughs> he sounds like Aladdin. He voices Iago, but he sounds like Aladdin. Just the most white bread soaked in skim milk Ooh. fucking <laughs> agrabajulin french toast <laughs> the fucking underdone turkey meat that is the voiceover performance of Aladdin in Aladdin oh man fucking oh, Jasmine's like I can jump over a cliff myself now don't worry. Don't be too intimidated. I will be captured before the end of the movie, and I will need you to save me, but I can handle myself. Yeah. I, look, here's the thing. I've tamed Listen. and have as a pet a live tiger, but I need a man to save me by the end of the movie. Don't I'm ask trapped in this hourglass. <laughs> I'm, stuck, I'm stuck in a big hourglass. 
<laughs> and I need a man's help to get out of here. My tiny feminine fingers cannot pry myself from this hourglass. Oh, I hate it. I can't do it. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm fucking trapped in here. How are we going to introduce this show now that we're not doing community things for this? Is it still part of the community podcast? Or are you giving it yeah, a new yeah. I'm going to. I, I was planning on just studies where we talk about The Witcher season one. I was just going to say advanced Witcher studies, uh, but uh, advanced Witcher studies. It's... Oh, no, that's makes more sense, I guess. Checks out. It's, <laughs> it's essentially right. Although, like you know, if our community studies are advanced, our Witcher studies are like intermediate at best. Intro to the wi- <laughs> intro to Witcher. Wait, that's a good name, Witcher. though, because this is literally my first watch through. This is you and sometimes Caleb giving me an introduction to The Witcher. We are giving you an intro to Witcher, and I think the best way to do that is with my Skype virtual background, which is Henry Cavill in a bathtub. She's so <laughs> naked. He's wearing He's very nothing but a, but a necklace. They really kept the spirit of the video games, where Geralt taking baths is like an important fan. <laughs> it's, it's important to the fans that Geralt take a bath. <laughs> Really keeping the spiritual integrity. I have of the not source played material. these games. I think it's it's one of those things that when I when I do eventually get a gaming system, which I've talked mm-hmm. to, to uh, Kevin and Caleb extensively about. Um, of course, I think eventually The Witcher will be on those lists of games. Just I Just do play. three. Just just just, just, do, just do three. Just yeah, three. and. Uh, just do three, okay? Um, because uh, and we're going to talk about this eventually. I've played all three. Uh-huh. Uh, the first one. A would not be available in anything you're about to buy, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, is it <sighs> that bad? Huh? It, it interesting. <laughs> it has some interesting ideas. It just it's it's an extraordinarily Eastern European low budget RPG. Just PC, I think. Oh, okay. Um, maybe it was like ported to what the original year? Xbox or something. Okay. Um, is one of those, gotcha. and then Witcher Two. It's like fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but just what play I three. Wanted. three. Anything you want out of The Witcher, you will get out of three. And the other two, you will be like, this isn't quite what I wanted. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So just play three. Uh, so that's just that's. But just yeah, a little but advice. essentially, <laughs> that being said, I don't get any of the video game references. I have not read any of the books. Right. Uh, right. This is just I I watched the first two episodes a while ago. Uh, when we got excited about The Witcher because Kevin and Caleb were like, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. And I watched it and I was like, you gotta watch it. Because I had watched part of the first episode and I was like, I can't do this. And then the two of you were like, you gotta get to episode two. And then I watched episode two and I was like, oh, this is fucking sick. And then we decided we were gonna Oh, I see. So I said, let me put this on pause. So now I have seen episodes one and two twice. Um, And I have not seen any of them further yet. But I will say, uh, having seen episode one twice now, Makes a lot more sense. It's it's written in such a way where it's uh-huh. like if you know what you're getting into and you and you're familiar with some of the characters a little bit, it's a little bit easier to follow. It is written and constructed really effectively. I can tell now just as far as like exposition of these characters that like I didn't realize that repeat there were repeat characters when Sab mm-hmm. what's his name Sab Sabal Stregable Stregable. Thank you for somehow figuring that out from what I said. Um, I got you. <laughs> Uh, realizing Stregobor appears in um, episode two toward the very end, I was like, 
oh, that's that dude from episode one. And I did not get that the first time I watched it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fucking bearded men on this show. Right. And you, you don't I, necessarily keep it keep it together. I didn't, um, I didn't fully so register that that was the guy that, um, who, who's the guy that was flirting with Yennefer? What's his name? Uh, fl- flirting with Yennefer. Oh, the, down in the, the really um, pretty one. down in the basement. I think his name is Cohen. I think, is, uh, I think that's it. Is, uh, I think it's like, uh, is, I, S, what is Oh, mm, okay. I'm on the IMDB. Pull it off. Is it Istred? What is it? Let me look up. Istred? Let me look. I think that's it. Yes, it is Istred. My goodness. Yeah. That is a handsome man. Yeah. My. So pretty, my right? Goodness. Like, wow, we. Yeah. Um, Beautiful man. You do understand why uh, oh. Yennefer desperately wants to hump his bones. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I, I'm, really. I'm, I, by the way, I shipped the two of them so hard. I'm so excited to see this, like, Forbidden Lovers thing play out. I don't know if that's actually what they're doing. I can only assume that that's what they're doing. Uh, I'm going to, unlike the community show where all of us have seen everything, I am going to endeavor to try and be, like, good about hinting at where things go because i think the surprise and the intrigue and, and all of that uh is part of it uh so it seems like we're just into it this is of course advanced witcher studies uh a podcast where we watch uh the netflix uh television show the witcher two episodes at a time uh i am one of your hosts tv's kevin lanigan uh my witcher pedigree is oh uh and uh, oh i guess we should do a quote um oh shit oh no quotes Oh God! Wizards always. Wizards are all the same. They talk in nonsense and make strange, mysterious faces. Oh God! I don't even. I don't even know. I'm gonna butcher this. It's so wild. I literally the first episode of Advanced Community Studies. I threw a quote in, um, as a joke, and it became a running bit, which is awesome. Yeah. But like now, I'm like, oh, for Witcher, I didn't even think about that. Um, I guess I'll reference. I don't know the quote, but the quote that really captured me that I'm starting to realize is kind of a running theme throughout this thing is that there's no such thing as the lesser evil. Um, the mm, idea yes. that mm, the idea that there's like a lesser evil is like it's it's pointless. Is like there there's no such thing as lesser evil. There's just evil, and basically sure. like if I have to choose between the lesser of evil, I'll choose neither. Which right. is wild because, honestly, the first time I heard that quote and that whole thing was around the time of the election, actually. Interesting. Which was really wild. And I mean, like, I, you know, I was not a fan of either candidate. I did what I needed to do based on one estimation of it all. But I also am very much of the mentality. I'm like, look, I'm not going to – we don't need to get into it. Essentially, I remember listening to this this metaphor and being like, oh, that's freaking rad. That that's the take that this show – is playing with, and it's very clearly not an American take, which I'm a big fan of. Um, right. Yeah, it was. I was like, oh, this is exciting, and to see that play out with um, what they did with the elves in episode two, uh, mm-hmm. basically, where he then repeats that mentality to be like, no, like that's not how this works. You, you've, you know, he kind of talks his way out of. A lot of these issues, which is so exciting. I mean, it's very clearly. I remember we talked about it a little bit prior about how um, this show is very clearly uh, written by or, or the the creative team is heavily um, not men. <laughs> yeah, there is a a um, it is show run by a woman, mm-hmm. um, and um, it has I feel a disproportionate number of uh, female writers and directors. It registers uh, compared to other shows. Sure, it, uh, it registers to, in the way that like it, there's like a sense of autonomy that these that the women have in the show, which is really exciting. 
mm-hmm. the way that uh, affection and vulnerability is portrayed is really exciting, especially within the the male characters. But also the way that um, like Yennefer, the way that they take someone who is genuinely very pretty um, and bring this kind of like like snot crying just like like ugly crying yeah. this this uh, this this lack this 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 no shame about presenting truly dynamic emotional releases like not being caught up in like oh presenting in the performance of femininity if you will it it's really cool um and just like also the, i mean i i'm also already hooked on the way that they use uh, the elves as they should be used in most situations where it's like oh these are the indigenous people hit hint wink wink uh, they're not really played <clears throat> by that many white people um, you know indeed uh, and, and the, it's exciting what they do with the elves in, in this whole universe is uh, extraordinarily interesting and we'll touch on that when we get to like the second episode specifically because I want to want to do one at a time without like spoiling everything without just like popping open the fucking Silmarillion and just like reading you passages <laughs> like I I think there are some very interesting ideas within this world uh, because the the world of the Witcher is very much bound by this rules is that anything significantly emotional enough or chaotic enough can be manifested you can uh, uh, do these like dark interpretations of fairy tales like there are all these different acknowledgements to particularly European fantasy or mm-hmm. fairy tales while doing a quote unquote like dark version of that but doesn't feel like oh we're making the fucking gingerbread man edgy <laughs> like it, it's it, it's it, we're going to and uh, there's a very particular interesting one in the first episode that I, I do think demands to be talked about uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, I'll, I'll paint my Witcher pedigree, um, a little bit. So I've watched this show. Uh, it's only eight episodes. I've watched it once oh, is it really? and I watched it basically a calendar year ago, uh, from, because it came out on the same day as cats. Uh, and, oh my and, um, my, my girlfriend and I, uh, watched it kind of slowly in pieces over like a few weeks. Uh, that's how I prefer to take things and, and digested these eight episodes over a period of weeks. Um, and then I'm finally... Which, is that? Which are each an hour long. These are long episodes. These aren't like yeah. Five these are minutes, these are not short. Long. And I think they it's like they book like they don't they don't feel boring. They don't feel over long. I'm no, never the like the first oh, episode did feel a little bit draggy as someone that was not familiar with the lore. But episode two freezes uh-huh. and it's it's exciting. It, it I think it's because there's so many different storylines. I totally just interrupted you. I, I'm gonna let you finish. But like the idea that they go That's back okay. and forth between several lenses and, and characters that we're following, right? So we've got the princess who has powers of some sort, I gather, and, like, sure. her, her, you know, run-ins with this young elf um, and, like, seeing the way that her... Rat boy! Rat boy, right. Rat boy! The way that uh, the, the, the royals, right, affected the common people um, and that kind of class consciousness awakening is very cool. And then we've got Yennefer and that kind of clash with... with the magics and the chaos and all that stuff. And then we've got the Witcher and the Bart and they balance it really effectively and mm-hmm. it feels really tight and it moves and it's 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 exciting. It's cool. I didn't mean to cut you. Absolutely. Going. Sorry. No, <laughs> you're all right. Um just 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 painting our background before we do these four episodes. Um and then I've played all of the games. Um one and two I didn't 
finish for various reasons linked to disinterest uh and then the third one i have i've played twice and i think it's i think it's quite good it's not some people call it like the greatest rpg of all time i'm (laughs) not as i'm not as hot on it but i enjoyed it enough to play it fucking twice during quarantine so take that for what you will um it's a long ass game uh that you can get for like $15 now and play for 150 hours and not have done everything. You know, it's one of those. Um, But you could also play it for 40 hours and play the whole thing. It's, it's, you know, there's a lot of optional Mm -hmm. things that you have to do. Um, And then I am trying to work my way through right here. The first book in the series there, there are eight books. Wow. Um, There are three books of essentially short stories starring Geralt. And then there are five books that are that also star Geralt and Siri and Yennefer that are much more a series Which like one's you would series? understand oh, like Siri is the the princess series the princess series the princess right. um and um and then the the uh, those eight books end and then the games are sequels essentially to those books uh to those books so the first um, game is a sequel to the fifth witcher novelization yeah exactly exactly wow um yeah, so it's it's very interesting. Uh, because I, Where does the TV uh, show fall on all of this? The TV show is an adaptation of the books, and it's kind of you know not uh, the three with the, the episodes, stories, or do they have like the short so stories are far. interspersed within the canon of what is so essentially that, the story of the first book or something? I don't know. Without without giving you too much meta context, mm-hmm. the the Geralt stories are the short stories, at least in this first season, and um, the the Yennefer flashback when she's going to magic school and the Siri portion. Uh, it's the a Siri flashback. Portion... Wait, all of this Yennefer stuff is a flashback. Oh shit! Shit! <laughs> shit! Oh, I well, fucked that up. Royal. I mean, it'll still be exciting when it comes to realizing how that works into the broad context. Huh? Forget I said anything. Forget well, I said mean, anything. Well, she... it, it only makes sense though because, like, is, is Siri is the girl name. Yeah, uh, Siri is the blonde princess. Yeah, because like Siri, like from from the jump, we know that Siri and the Witcher are connected. It's like been like manifested that Siri has like a destiny to meet the Witcher. I think it's loosely interpret. Uh, maybe I'm interpreting something that wasn't there, but there's like that story that the Witcher is telling Roach, which I love the fact that his horse is named Roach. I that brings me such joy. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, about how he saved this one girl from being, you know assaulted essentially i'm not gonna say the r word uh but like and like and like and she's like looks at him and disgusted and throws up it, it seems like maybe that might have been her at some point although i'm i don't know maybe that's just a loose story i will i will say nothing i will attempt to give you nothing uh regarding any of this but jennifer um, decidedly removed from it so the whole time i've been like what is i i love this jennifer story but i'm like how is it gonna tie in yeah, it's it's all it's all very interesting, and I I'm sorry I gave that little tidbit away, uh, but um, it's it's don't worry, it's all it's all good. But the the Geralt stories are essentially short stories from the books. Like every one of these are uh, so far short stories from the first three uh, books, and but they're also they're not exact. Like the timeline of them is kind of mixed around. They kind of change some of the ass. It's kind of like when they adapt comic books to movies or tv shows it's like we're not doing 
the comic book stories beat by beat, but we're taking the world, we're taking the characters, we're taking some of these iconic moments and remixing them and making them fit a different medium. Um, and I actually like just read, uh, coincidentally working through this book, I like just read the story that this first episode is based on. Uh, so I have, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like what is different and what isn't. Uh, but I, I think it's, uh, very interesting. The series stuff is much larger lore. This is the, the over, the super arc of the, the Witcher as a book series. Jace apparently like just had to force quit, like just had to jump ship. Um, so I was oh. doing <laughs> some big Witcher lore explaining, <laughs> and I oh, will dude. somehow, I will somehow sew this all together. That's funny. I uh, I called you on the way to grab something sweet that my wife was craving. So I'm not even going to be here for a long time. So I may have derailed a more entertaining and, and continuous thought, only for a little pop in. That's just okay. You, you popped in for a little bit. You tossed a coin to us. Well, you you were... I caught the end of what you were saying. So you just read the short story that this season starts with? Sure. So I'm working my way through uh, the first of eight Witcher books. Um, uh, the first collection of short stories, The Last Wish. Um, and I'm not, like, reading each short story that each episode is based on specifically, but I'm kind of working my way through this first book, and it just so happened that I was, um, I reached this short story in time for this episode. Uh, so it was, it was very interesting. Um, and again, this will not be a show about comparing, uh, the, the book and the TV show, but the differences and the similarities, I think, are interesting. Sure, sure. I know that the... The first whole first season of Witcher is about this book full of short stories and not the actual first book of the Witcher saga, but that season two is supposed to be the first book, which is interesting. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be a mixture based on this like one casting announcement that I've seen. I'm like, okay, Ooh. that is a short story character, not a full novel character. So I think it's going to keep being a mix, which I like is that like okay we're gonna have a mixture of episodic and overarching buffy the vampire slayer style and that's a very effective format even on a netflix dump it all at once uh style show i don't know what happened it seems like uh like right when my computer decided to completely lose its mind caleb jumped on so i'm very thankful for that hi caleb coincidence i think not um i don't even remember what i was saying but it sounds like y'all are on your, well on your way as to talking about the kind of crossovers with oh I was saying like I, there might have been a little bit of a, a mini spoiler that you just hit me with but I actually like um, I do like going in sometimes knowing stuff like that because then I can look for the easter eggs first way through then you can lens it a little bit I'm gonna yeah. try and like keep you free because I think the way that this show um, unravels is very interesting and sure. I was and like I'm you sure when I first watched the pilot one. and I was like what is this who are these people like right. what is happening and having seen the finale i'm like 
actually this first episode is fucking excellent as <laughs> the beginning of the story that they are overall trying to tell. Yeah. Um without without saying anything else about well, the way that the season page, unfolds. They're counting a page out of a lot of shows, books, which I've only dis- only discovered after being a part of this podcast. Um, is that like they went with two episodes to start the show that in and of themselves are both pilot episodes. One's just a pilot for Geralt and the other's a pilot for Yennefer. Right. And like And they're yeah. two leads, essentially. Yeah, and, and both of them are tied really together good. with like what I'm only assuming are the two major developments for Siri, right? It's like we get the historical development that happens in, in episode one, which is like the fall of that empire, essentially. I don't know if they're going to rise again. I don't know anything about that. Um, and then we see the beginnings of her journey uh, of like her own and like her being able to see a different lens on what that what that that rain actually looked like to the people and understanding like elves a little bit more I, it seems I, I i definitely after having seen these first two episodes a second time even just those two episodes got a better respect for that first episode you want to know the um, worst part mm-hmm. jace what is that you're kind of right and also kind of wrong about what <laughs> About, about what, what you've said. It's very interesting. About it's what very was, interesting. About like, the establishing of Siri and where it's going to go from here. Because what, without spoiling anything too vast, uh, Siri's story is happening at a wildly different time than Yennefer and Geralt's stories when this show starts. They do not exist in the same time. So n- none of these stories are happening at Siri? None of them. And, then and there's there's a little hint in the second episode that you when Stregobor talks to again we looked up this character's name I can never remember it, but the really hot fucking uh, dude that Yennefer is, flirts is with it, is 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 it Esk Esk it's Eskel no is, that's is, a different is, guy it's is <laughs> anyway the so, hot guy the hot guy um, oh sure yeah the fucking the fucking hot guy when Stregobor when Stregobor talks to the hot guy, he's much younger. Like his his beard is full brown. Uh, like it's he's a much that younger didn't even man register because it was scene. so much darker. Uh-huh. Right, it was dark. They're trying to hide. Istrid is his. Wait, thing. wait. Okay, that makes so much sense because I remember. Okay, already things are making more sense because I remember watching it and they're talking about that do, myth do, do, in do, episode do, 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 one, do. right? Where what's her name? <laughs> uh-huh. The one that uh, Geralt kills. Renfrey. Renfrey, right? They're saying all of these uh, all of these girls were born on this thing and like that. And it's established that... No, because then that doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's established that she was born on this like this lunar event. And that's why she's got yeah. this thing. And then it's almost implied that Ciri also was born on this lunar event. But then at the same time, it's also told as a myth of something that happened in the past. So maybe it's happened more than once. I'm just... I will literally explain it to you when we talk about the first episode, like, in earnest. I will be like, this is what he is saying. Yeah, but I, but Siri is not quite factored into that. Okay. Yeah. It's a thematic similarity, not a literal similarity. Okay, okay. Because I do remember the moment, there's the one... Oh my gosh, yeah, I just There's also it. a moment in that first season <laughs> where Geralt, when talking to Stregobor, is asked about... I don't remember exactly the words, but in... In a way, he's asked about the queen, Ciri's mom. Mm-hmm. Have, 
who he doesn't does not mention her as queen. I don't think, but he mentions her winning a battle, like a big battle, mm-hmm. and like then in Siri's story, you hear her and her husband, Siri's mother and her husband, talking about that battle when they met each other years ago. Or Siri's grandma. It's Siri's grandma. Or Siri's grandma. Yeah, yeah her talking about she doesn't. She's like, she doesn't she's look like, well, very you were my old, age but that when is, you won that your first grandma. battle. Or something like that. And, yeah. and and that conversation happens after Stregobor talks about her winning that battle recently in Geralt's portion. So this is a yeah. show that, like, once we finish this, I'm going to have to watch it again, aren't I? And you'll want to. You'll want, you'll to. want, yeah, to, you'll be want to be like, how does this all line up? Oh, uh, it lines and... up. It's just the most... It's Inception-esque. It's just, like, dreams Fucking inside of crisp. dreams inside of dreams all overlapping <laughs> on each other. Wow, this is exciting. You, you, you know, Fucking like, I, like I was getting into the show. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Like, I was getting more into it, and now I'm, like, very much excited to keep going with this. It's very good. Yeah. It's uh, very fucking good. Uh, also, uh, listeners, I apologize ahead of time. I'm recording from my car, so if my audio's bad, it's it's my fault. <laughs> nah, you're okay. <laughs> you are right. Uh, so let's let's uh, and however long we have, Daddy host, let's let's go into our first uh, of our two episodes in earnest here. Uh, season one, episode one, the end's beginning. Directed by Alik Sakharov, written by Lauren Schmidt Hisrich, uh, who is the showrunner of the show. Um, in this episode, Geralt is contracted by the wizard Stregobor to bring in uh, a former princess called Renfrey, who was born under a black sun, yada, 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 yada. Uh, and uh, also, simultaneously, uh, a young princess named Ciri is privy to some. <laughs> real horrendous shit uh when the kingdom of nilfgaard lays siege to the castle she lives in and everyone inside has to kill themselves it's so fucking rough i was like oh what is fucking happening why are they're they fucking happening? they're doing hemlock they're doing cougarton abbey yeah they're, why they're oh my god cougarton abbey i cannot um that they have to it's because like nilfgaard they're bad Okay, Clearly. like Nilfgaard, they're no good. <laughs> you don't want anything to do with Nilfgaard. Are they elves? Uh, and are, they... Nilf- are Nilfgaard the elves? No, they're humans. They're all humans. Um, I will explain the elf business when we get into episode two. But the elf business is very interesting. Uh, Nilfgaards are bad humans. They're bad guys. You don't want anything to do with them. They don't take prisoners, so they'll fucking flay you alive right. and do horrible things say, I don't feel like discussing. the dogs? Yeah, cut off your tongue, feed it to the dogs, they'll assault you, like, everything. They they will not, like, save you. You will not be safe. You will not be taken prisoner as a bargaining chip. So, it, kill yourself. It's the lesser death. Although that one dude decides, like, no, I'm not gonna take the poison. I'm gonna put a knife in my fucking Yeah, neck. I remember watching that and being like, okay, wait, there's three people in this room and he just grabbed two vials. Like, what, homeboy, what are you doing? Well, you gotta, you know, conservation like of resources. Spooky, <laughs> just fucking... I have to be a man about it. I have to kill Ritual myself suicide. with a knife. Fellas, is it gay to take poison? Oh my <laughs> <Fellas>. god. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so this episode, I quite... I like a lot better on rewatch than I did. I thought it was fine, like, the first time. But I was just very confused. I, as Even as someone who, like, played all the games and shit. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and, uh, but even though it's a little clunky, 
mm-hmm. thematically, it works really well as sort of what I like out of a pilot of a show like this. What is the thesis statement of the show we're doing? Is that like Geralt is going to continually be put in these no-win situations where you, the audience, will sing to yourself that little ditty from the Hunchback of Notre Dame opening song of who is the monster and who is the man. And you, uh, he will be forced into a tough moral place. And who knows if he made the right decision? <laughs> who knows right. what the correct thing to do was here? Um, in uh, in this episode, now I did just read again the first short story that this is based on. It's based on the Lesser Evil from the first short story collection. And um, I'm not going to sit and talk about what's different. However, the one thing that they cut from this story that I will always regret is that Renfrey after being deprived of her royalty, found a gang of seven dwarves and became like a murderous Snow White on the highways. <laughs> oh, so and instead them, of dwarves, they just had the men. They were just like, yeah, exactly. So the she she hired some bastard men. But, um, and that all that dwarf stuff is like prequel. We don't meet the seven dwarves. They're all dead before we meet Renfrey. But they cut that aspect of her backstory. And I don't know if I'll... <laughs> Ever forgive them for for eschewing that part of of Renfrey's backstory. That's all I got for you. The Witcher short stories. Every Witcher saga opens with Geralt getting into a bar fight of some variety, and it almost turning. You know, in the the first short story, it turns very deadly. In this, Renfrey sort of steps in and stops it from turning deadly. But that's classic Geralt, uh, almost getting murdered in a bar, and it's a, um, and that's tied to the fact that like. Sure, Jace, you you picked this up pretty quickly. Witchers are kind of fucking hated by. Yeah, no, I got that. <laughs> They're weird mutants, yeah, and uh, nobody likes them. It's really wild because, like, so I, I, if you've spoken about this, I apologize. I had to go inside and buy sour punch bites and ice because <laughs> my wife is high maintenance and will not just get ice fucking trays. Has to buy a bag of ice. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's the worst. What's even worse is the freezer has podcast. an ice machine in it. She doesn't like it. So, anyway, um, mm. uh, my first experience with Witcher was in the games. Uh, I watched a lot of Witcher 2 and played Witcher 3. Never read any of the books. But, like, knowing what I knew from the games, I kind of expected some things going into this. And, like, one of the biggest things is that, like, I'm obsessed with the idea of how cool the Witchers and their creation is. And how, like they're taken and put through a magical process that leaves them like less than human, but more than human. And it allows them to have tolerance to imbibe. Yeah, things I'm that, really like, excited to see. I'm, I'm only assuming we'll find out at some point how the Witcher came to be the Witcher, but I, I hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully I would imagine that's probably part of what we'll see in season two. Oh, they don't um, really do it. In- oh, okay. They do oh, a little sorry. bit. Spoiler alert. Barely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they do, like, they, they do a little bit. Okay. Yeah. They, uh, but in the, but in the games, like, uh, Geralt has a buddy he travels along with. It's, like, his mentor. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. Uh, oh, everyone, everyone wants Mark shit. Hamill to play him. Vesemir. Uh, Uncle Vesemir. Vesemir. I did it. I pulled Hamill it out of my brain. Ooh, yeah, no, he'd be Mark, good at this. Mark Hamill would be, be fucking good. perfect for Vesemir. He'd be yeah, incredible. He'd be, he'd be fucking great. Um, but anyway, one of the first things that happens in Witcher 3 is with Vesemir, you go to... White Orchard, this small town on the border of the the war that I'm assuming is taking place in this show with Nilfgaard and the other kingdom, uh, and you get into a bar fight 
because you try to like ask questions and instantly like Nilfgaardian soldiers are like, "Hey, fuck you, freak!" And he's like, "All right," and fights. So like, right. Yep. When that when that stuff happens in the show, I was like, "Fuck yeah, okay, this is I'm on board for this because I I know this, I like this." Right. That was well, that was my only yeah. point. Yes. <laughs> no, abs- absolutely. <laughs> Um, I mean, it, it, and they, they clearly keep uh, not to get too far into episode two yet, but like they clearly keep yeah. the whole like being in a bar kind of thing consistent. Like at episode two, when we meet the Witcher again, he's at a bar, but he's like chilling in the corner, being like nobody fucking talked to me. And the bard's like, "I'll talk to you," and he's like, "Please leave, fucking Please Jaskier leave me alone." Yeah, it's so good. Great yeah. fucking character. Uh, I love that dynamic that they've established with just like Jaskier being like doopy doopy doop, and Geralt being like fuck off. <laughs> it's beautiful. I, I, they're they're I'm, they're best friends. They're beautiful. Uh, I'm puzzled I love the whole show why Geralt fucking tolerates him because it's obvious he absolutely hates his existence. But like <laughs> he never he never just like actually makes him leave. He just kind of deals with it. Isn't it's it like, implied that the Witcher he's... doesn't really feel anything though? Like when that is That's the greatest a... lie that the Witchers allow to continue to exist is that like Geralt definitely feels like he feels rage he feels love he feels lust he feels all of it but that is the gotcha the they, populace's, that's the way of saying that witches are less than human and it's the deep right the populace says that witchers don't feel anything they're inhuman monsters and the witchers allow that to exist because it's good for their brand it's good for their like i come into your town and i kill your monsters sort yeah, of yeah uh, it's also uh, style it's also of one of those myths where like when a group of bandits is given a given a trait that they don't have that they like don't leave survivors or something they don't have to be as careful next time they show up in town so like this permit this culturally permeated idea that witchers don't feel is like oh when i don't want to deal with some fallout from shit that i caused i can just leave and they'll expect that instead of like having to deal with shit they can just be like peace and that's when you see like other witchers uh, later in the show, or in the books, or in the games, other witchers act differently, and kind of lean into the, like, yeah, I'm a soulless monster, uh, and Geralt, like, doesn't try as hard, because he's, like, I don't know, the better one of the group? He's he's the one we're following. He's the one the story's about. That I'm excited. Yeah. Now, I didn't realize that there were going to be other witchers, uh, which makes sense, and I'm excited to. Yeah, them. I'm spoiling shit. Just like these are these are minor spoilers. I'm I'm not super yeah. big on like don't spoil it. Like there are certain things that I'm going to be like, oh my god, don't. Hey. But like there are certain little yeah. details that I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, like proper spoilers can be more. intriguing yes. rather than like spoil. Like I started watching Game of Thrones because of a big spoiler, and I'm like. That sounds fucking interesting. So I watched the <laughs> the show. Um, and I, spoiler too. I've literally seen one episode of Game of Thrones, and I'm, does it have anything to do with Jon Snow? No. You know? Okay. Well, I, I it has something to the, do what with was the spoiler. Uh, you got? I want to know. It, I it was it was Ned Ned Stark getting uh, beheaded in like episode nine. You know, like the yeah. guy who looks like the lead of the show gets killed at the end of the first season. I'm like, that sounds like an interesting show that I want to watch, and I, <laughs> I remember enjoyed like. Like, finding out that, like, Jon Snow dies and people lost their shit. And then he, does he come back from the dead? I don't even know. Yeah, I just he comes back. Being like, oh, that's I a didn't, major spoiler, isn't it? I didn't get that far. I watched, <laughs> I enjoyed seasons two through four. I did not enjoy five. And I said, well. Did you not watch season one? I, I did. Well, I watched that whole, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, but I did watch it. Uh, but two through four, that's good TV. And then 
stop. <laughs> and then say, well, this seems satisfactory to me. Uh, yeah. And, and, wrap and it then D.B. Weiss and David Benioff played Let's Learn How to Write a Script for five years. Right. They didn't have the books to base it off of. They didn't. They didn't figure it out. Um, <laughs> they lost but, their uh, outline. <laughs> but but it is only because of that show that like this show exists. I feel. I uh, this because feels this very sh- much like in the same realm. Like thanks to like shouts out to very much like if that had. Oh, I have like, no doubt. I have no doubt. At the pitch meetings, Netflix was like, "What if we had our own Game of Thrones?" Exactly, and it's like, "What what is our Game of Thrones?" And they, it's different enough that it doesn't just feel like. A ripoff of Game of Thrones. There's no dragons. Yeah, there's no well yet. Um, but <laughs> yeah, <wait>. um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. In this fantasy world, there are no. Dragons. I uh, that was me. Uh, I was actually fishing because I fucking love dragons. Yeah, dragons are cool. There's one on this show. Dragons are rad. Um, I'm so stoked to meet this dragon. There is confirmed one dragon in this season. Look forward to it. Uh, <laughs> but um, and they they had this. They learned the right lessons from Game of Thrones for this show. But I feel like they also learned the right lessons from like fucking Xena the Warrior Princess. Like this show feels. Like if you if you took away just a little budget, this could have been a syndicated Hercules: The Legendary Adventures style show, and I do oh, not yeah, mean sure. that derisively. Those were good fucking shows, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and that it's like the way that Geralt talks is cheesy in the way that those shows were cheesy, but that's part of why I love it. Like that, like Geralt will look at a wizard and be like, "Your prophecies are supposed to rhyme, dude. Where's yeah. the rhyme?" <laughs> feels like a proper fantasy like i'm you know oh like, we talked like, about yeah it's so good it doesn't feel like it's obsessed with itself or like yes or like let's be overly gritty or overly realistic like it's it's just right on that line of like we accept it as real and they play with it a little bit and like they just let you it's exciting it doesn't feel try hard which is yeah very common and we fantasy. talked about this before we recorded or started the conversation tonight, but Geralt's conversation with Stregobor is one of my favorite fucking... Like, if, if last week or two weeks ago, whenever the fuck it was, because time's a blur, especially when your wife has a kid. Um, 100%. And fucking, you. It's the worst. But, but you like, have a child. You them. also have a child. You yeah. know that, right? Yeah. You have two of yeah. them, in fact. Two. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But yeah, um, a couple weeks ago when I talked about, like, one of my favorite scenes of TV being uh, in season three of Daredevil, like this conversation with Stregobor in the beginning of season one of this show. But uh, there's also... no less evils. Oh yeah, dude. Cause Stregobor is trying to get him to do his dirty work. And like Geralt's a witcher. So like, he's not, a, he's not unaware or not. Uh, what am I trying to say? He's not foreign to the idea of being like, someone yeah. come deal with my shit. But when Stregobor tries to, like, justify it as a lesser evil, Geralt's just like, no, bro, fuck off. Like, lesser... I don't fuck with lesser evil, dog. Greater, <laughs> middling, that's all fucking evil. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah it's so good. That was, no, I was literally saying that a little bit earlier tonight. That that was such a major, short little monologue. I was like, oh, this is fucking rad. Just really establishes that from... I, I said, it's, it's a decidedly non-American perspective. I mean... The function of American television and propaganda as a whole is lesser of two evils is something to be clung to, oh, right? It's, yeah, I, I would argue it's a decidedly non-Western. Ding 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 ding! I like because well, like, is it? Well, it's Polish though, right? 
It's yeah, it's Polish. It's the pride yeah, of Poland, yeah. as we've talked about I on mean, the community means, show. They Polish. gave Obama a and copy like, of the PC game right. <laughs> because they're right. so proud. I'm saying, Jace, I'm not saying that like it's 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 anti-Western in its mindset, and that makes sense because it's not from a Western country. Gotcha. I'm agreeing you with you and just saying that well, like I, Western right. Western doctrine differentiates from Eastern doctrine in that like mm-hmm. at least in the 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 warmongering times. Eastern doctrine was still very tied up in honor until the cons showed up, and right. Western doctrine right. was always about honor until they went to the New World. And then, like, they come to America and learn a new way of fighting, and that just, like, ripples backwards through the Western military history. Right. And then, all of a sudden, Western right. military doctrine goes from being like, we're going to stand on this side, you're going to stand on that side, we're going to fight, or we're going to be in formations and chivalry and blah, 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 to, like, guerrilla warfare, and, like, let's kill as many as we can while doing the least amount of work and so like yes you're absolutely correct it becomes this doctrine of like well we'll do a little bit of evil to get rid of a bigger evil and just call right. it collateral and so right. Geralt's being like nah fuck that it's all bad just admit right. it stop acting like it's not um and it's super good it's super good i love it yeah very interesting can i um can i do something that sounds annoying and read you one paragraph from the short story that this first episode is based I'm on because it's like the thesis ah! statement it's the thesis statement for this entire universe, Do like it. this whole franchise. Do it. Um, <clears throat> During his life, the Witcher had met thieves who looked like town councillors, councillors who looked like beggars, harlots who looked like princesses, princesses who looked like calving cows, and kings who looked like thieves. But Stregobor always looked as, according to every rule and notion, a wizard should look. Um, and that is like that is the idea behind this show. Is that like yes. Renfrey is like the evil princess born under the solar eclipse and she is mm-hmm. meant to do evil mm-hmm. but like the fucking wizard isn't any better like it's all it's <laughs> all thoughts like you're yeah. gonna get to episodes or, or storylines in this franchise where it's... it's like yes a werewolf is rampaging but like what made the werewolf fucking rampage right. was the evil of man <laughs> and like Oh, let me make two comments real quick. I gotta take stuff inside, and then I'll put in headphones. This show and this universe and Witcher overall is extremely good at what Kev just said, which is, like, there's no such thing in this universe as an evil that is unprovoked. Like, every evil comes from something. And, like, you'll see it in this show, so I won't spoil that specific story, but there's stories even in the game that I've... that I experienced when I played my little bit of it, where, like, a town's being uh, harassed by, like, a, a day lich. And you're like, okay. And you go there to fight it. And then, of course, like, you can't fight it. You have to figure out why it's haunting that town. And when you do that, you figure out that, like, it was the a woman who was killed. And then, like, it, the, you know, it was, like, a woman who was killed. And then, like, her body was thrown into a well. And when her body was thrown into a well, the, like, wedding band her husband gave her came off of her body and so her spirit wasn't able to leave because those two things weren't together so witcher doesn't go kill an evil and fix everything he goes and writes an old evil and by doing so makes the current evil also go away yeah so those things are always tied in this universe and it's very cool but the other thing i wanted to say real quick mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'll be right back is the mm-hmm. way yeah. that this yeah. conversation with stregobor happens and the way that the conversations with Geralt and Renfrey happen, and then in episode two, which I'm getting a little bit ahead of us, but where you kind of see the uh, the formative 
moments in Yennefer's upbringing mm-hmm. feel very much like the problem I have or the thing I like uh, simultaneously about the difference between the beginning of The Force Awakens, the first Star Wars sequel movie, and the beginning of Rogue One. And that I'm making a long point, but I'll make it quick. The beginning of Hit it. Force Awakens, you see Rey, and you watch her go about her life for like 10 minutes, and there are zero words spoken at all. Mm-hmm. And like in that time, you're given this really, really good picture of like what her world looks like, how she lives in it, what she does in it, and why it's important. And then the beginning of Rogue One, they get Jyn Erso to the, re- the Rebellion base, and they literally just fucking read a rap sheet. And they don't show you anything. And, like, there are two ways to tell a story, and this show is really well put together because it takes, I think, the better way, which is instead of just, like, listing out why you should care... It's it a visual you medium! Show us! <laughs> Yeah, and it gives you and it gives you conversations that have connotations that go beyond what you've seen, that make you infer things. It's really good, and I like that a lot. And I'm a writing nerd, so like, forgive me, but that shit really—it's good writing. Cracks my eggs. Really cracks my eggs. Really boils my yams. Um, yeah, because this whole this whole story is built upon us not really being able to know whether or not. Because obviously, Stregobor is not an excellent person, and it, and if anything reveals that, it's obviously like the end of the second episode where he's like, "Yes, go there and seduce the Hunchback Girl." Um, but it's the the whole story about Renfrey is based on this something that might be a full out lie is that like girls born under what is essentially a solar eclipse are are just going to be inherently evil they're bad seeds right and and renfrey is uh, suspected of being that and her fucking jealous stepmother is like what gets her thrown out of the the castle and out of royalty like she's she's banished for being this bad seed under what might be completely felonious circumstances that wizards lies that wizards tell to make people think that they need these fucking wizards and uh, it's it and it all like and it ends in this woman's death where she's been she's been pushed to this absolute point where she doesn't see another way of living like sure i could go try and live somewhere else but this guy ruined my life and am i supposed to just like let that go whether it's true or not like am i just supposed to let that slide and we never know if the fucking uh, they call it the black sun like we never know whether the fucking black sun prediction is correct or not and that that it just leave it's just it's that perfect feeling at the end of the episode where like Geralt did everything that he thought he was supposed to do and then the townspeople throw rocks at him and like kick him out of town. I, that was I found that a little odd because I was like, okay, hold on. You're telling me that these people who are scared of him are just gonna keep spitting at like the dude's got 
massive sword, and he is magical. You saw what he did to those and dudes, like, right? You throw rocks at him like he's not gonna do shit. I'm like, what is going on? Are you stupid? He stuck that dude to oh, a door with a sword. Have a head. <laughs> See what y'all, yeah, what y'all are missing, though. What y'all are missing, though, is that the and Kev maybe hinted at this before, but when you brought it up, I just wanted to say out loud: wizards in this universe are cops. But anyway, um. <laughs> this this town this ta- this town has a wizard that protects them they think and who's standing there telling them that this witcher did something bad so they're, they're they think he's protecting them but he's up in his <clears throat> castle making imaginary ladies with their boobies out you know what i mean yeah but like, like their courage in that moment comes from the fact that their fucking cop is standing there uh, if Stregobor's not in the street, they're not throwing rocks at a witcher. Uh, not at all. They're that's hiding. That's a good point. That's a good but Stregobor's standing there, and he's a wizard, and he's the good guy, and he just said, this guy did bad. Damn. Yeah. Wizards, he's like, okay. wizards are cops. Wizards are cops in this universe. They literally made up, they made up that the Black Sun made evil women so they could do experiments on those women's bodies because they wanted to do something. Which, like, if that's right. not if that's not alienating or like demonizing a people just to fuck with them, <laughs> right? And then... Geralt did literally in the end. He did everything Stregobor wanted him to do, right? Like he he killed Renfrey and all of her hired men, and yeah. and then Stregobor's like, "Get out of here, Geralt! <laughs> You're not welcome here anymore." Yeah. Fucking just like completely turns tail on this dude, cop style, and and kicks him out of town. Yeah, and exactly. it. Uh, fucking sucks. Stregobor, uh, piece of shit. Hate and him. and Hate Renfrey, the, the worst part for me is that Renfrey forced his hand. Like, he wasn't gonna kill her. He didn't want to. He didn't want to. But Renfrey was like, I know that you've got more important shit to do, so I gotta do this so that I die so that you can move on. It's really... Oh, it's so good. Good ends up being a good episode. The, the parts where it flounders is the series royal court stuff which does like need to happen it is like the pilot like the plot has to start yeah. it just it, it's not as effective as the girl renfrey stuff yeah. uh truly um shall we let's let's second episode shall we yes. uh let's do it. season yeah. one episode two four marks uh again directed by ali Sak- uh, alik sakharov written by jenny klein uh, this episode introduces us to our co-lead, Yennefer, uh, a, a young hunchback woman uh, who her stepfather sells for less than half the price of a pig to a witch lady who comes to town and says, I want, I want to buy your daughter. Um, not a great look gotta say no, uh and no. and yennefer is carted off to uh hogwarts uh and uh at the same time uh Geralt, uh meets yaskier the bard uh his bestest friend and maybe his boyfriend and uh the two of them <laughs> uh come into conflict with the former king of the elves <laughs> Who, who a uh, noble little uh, satyr is is stealing <laughs> crops for? Um, this oh, is this the episode, episode where the hunting party goes after the satyr? No, 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 no. It's just it's just Geralt and uh, Yaskier, and they, okay. he comes comes head to head with the satyr. People make fun of the way this satyr looks. I think he looks gross in the right way. He looks I, fucking weird. I think I'm I am a big fan of a practical effect. I think those eyes are incredibly difficult to pull off with a practical effect, and I think that they did a great job. I think me, I think they did good. 
yeah. the, I mean, the eyes don't fully seem like focused, but that's because they are practical effect eyes. And like, quite frankly, I- I'm down with it. I-, I buy it. I'm like, this dude is a bizarre creature and he looks it, it feels like he's actually in this world. I think overall the benefits of having him practical outweigh the benefits of the little amount of focus in his eyes that we would have gotten if we had done him if they had done him digitally. And I yeah. I'm also just a big fan of practical effects within the fantasy genre. I think it's it's one of the the reasons why these things are so exciting for fans is because that's an in. That's that like, oh, how'd they pull that off? Oh, how'd they do that? You know, the actual right. like breaking down like yeah, I just I'm I'm a fan. I like let me, it. Let me pull out my soapbox for another minute. Do it. I, I love practical effects to mm. a point. There's oh, always right. a point where, not always. I don't want to say always. There's but there's frequently a point where some things want to use practical effects so much that like it hurts. I think at least my experience. This is not one of those. I, cases. I know what you mean. This is not one of those cases. But there is one that we will inevitably get to later. Um. A, Focusing on just to tease Jace, a demon fetus, which is incredible. <gasps> what? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This exciting. this shit's fucked up. Like this yeah. is this is a fantasy world where like beating your wife means your baby turns into a fucking demon. Like it's this this is that it's, kind of shit. It's incredible and very dark. But the that particular practical effect reached that level of like this would be better if you just made me be okay with CG. And, like, at the same token that I'm saying that with, I also, like, appreciate that they tried. So it's never a lose, it's never a lose-lose game. It's always win-lose or win-win. But, like, as much as I love practical effects, there are times where I'm like, just fucking, we've, we're at a time now where we can do CG that looks great. Just do that. But, like, I don't know. I just felt like being the contrarian opinion <laughs> for a second. No, I mean, look, not, don't get me wrong. There is a time and a place where I, I agree, you know, digital effects in computer generated graphics, I think like are absolutely the way to go. And I think there's a lot to be said for what they can do. Um, but I think there's also just like a tangibility, you know what I mean? Like, like sometimes it's sometimes when things look like super real, it takes you, I don't know. Like there's some, you can tell that they're in the same space. You know what I mean? And that's not fully something you can. And even then, like even the best, visual yeah. effects i am always keenly aware that rocket raccoon is not there as much as i love rocket raccoon and groot i am always like at least partially aware this is not occupying the same space I, it's funny that even though those are like the best ones i've one ever of the seen few... you know what i mean oh oh I see like i, I have that i actually disagree with that is is actually like there are a few shots not all the a few shots of thanos where i'm like that's insane yeah that's 100% insane what they pulled off sure. and like sure. feels like he's in that space um yeah but there's it's a so there's a there's a director for me um who I we've got to do like a side thing where we talk about Neil Blomkamp movies because I'm the okay has strong opinion who do but, I um, <laughs> but he's very but, interesting uh, to talk about he's very interesting yeah I really like his movies they're ham-fisted as fuck and Jason if you're unaware what I mean by ham-fisted in Neil Blomkamp's case is the rich speak French and the poor all are and speak Spanish. But Except for fine. Matt we'll Damon, about that. <laughs> our main character. Except for Matt Damon, the white savior. Oh, yeah, anyway. No. Oh, but anyway, no. anyway, 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 anyway. <laughs> Let's look at that rabbit hole and pass it. Yeah, um, please. <laughs> Neil Blomkamp was uh, a, a visual arts, a visual effects artist for years and then became a director. 
And like to Kev's point where, you know, you always kind of know when something's fake, uh, despite it looking really good. My first experience was that with that was watching his movies because his special effects are so good because he does it in the like lived in practical effect way where like they will use practical for stuff that's like close to camera, but everything else is not. And things look real. And the reason I wanted to bring it up specifically is Chappie, his third movie, arguably his fucking weirdest movie. Um, mostly because it features D'Antvoord, the South African rap group, as the main characters. It's weird. Um, <laughs> there's a that movie's about a robot becoming sentient, and that robot the whole time is CG, except for a few close practical effects. And there were legitimate moments in that movie where I had to like stop myself and be like, "Fuck, this isn't real. <laughs> this robot's not real." So like, you can pull it off and really, really do it. But yes, yeah. the Kev's point. But there's I, always I, a moment yeah, where you're like, like you said, "Wait, though, that's the not fucking." Effects of the close-up. I definitely think that that does something to ground it. Like, yeah, one hundred percent. Honestly speaking, it's a balance. You need to be able to make a balance. Yeah. Of that. I think. Um, Try as I, hard as you I, can. I, I'll always notice when an actor is staring at a tennis ball on a stick. Right. I'll always, I'll Shout always notice that. Shaggy. Oh, God. <laughs> but Matthew Lillard, in the year of our Lord, fucking 2002, doing it better than most people do it today. This is true. Because, like, okay, that Probably movie came out the same time. fucking year as Attack of the Clones, <laughs> and he is miles ahead of anyone in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> oh, God. There are moments in prequel okay, Star Wars where you can say that there's literally one character he's playing to versus, like, 12. But he looks at it no, better. Jason, I don't no, know Jason, what to tell you. <laughs> no, yeah, Jason, can't be fair because there are scenes in the prequel Star Wars movies where, like, they're talking to Jar Jar Binks, for instance. Like, another rabbit hole will jump over. Um, and, like, you can tell Ewan McGregor is doing a very bad job of looking at a tennis ball yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. he's staring at a character's chest, not their head. Shaggy always really has fucking Scooby Doo's eyeline in those movies. Like, say what you will exactly. about the. I just watched the first one again for. <laughs> And uh, Scooby looks okay by 2002 standards. The monsters of that movie look fucking atrocious. Uh, but Shaggy <laughs> always has Scooby's eyeline. He's all he's meeting yeah. Scoob where Scoob is supposed to be. And like you cannot say the same thing of Liam Neeson as much as I love Liam Neeson. You cannot say the same thing of Natalie Portman as much as I love Natalie Portman. You can't. Oh, dude, it's an, it's amazing because like Liam Neeson. Natalie Portman, Ewan McGregor, fucking uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Palmer, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, and then what, what's the name of the Christopher Lee? Christopher like, Lee, the fucking biggest, the biggest names in film for like decades before and to come are doing their best. It just still sucks. <laughs> They're trying. It just sucks so bad. Um, and and you know the there's a saying, and uh, my girlfriend says it all the time where we're talking about film, but practical effects look fake but feel real visual uh -huh. effects computer cgi looks real but feels fake yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and i think it's Ooh. finding that balance between the two. i think that's a really excellent way of putting it i want to tattoo that i want to tattoo that <laughs> that's real good. Uh, yeah uh but that's that's just, just tattoo it on my bicep and, and i think this show does a good <laughs> mixture because obviously like so much of what our fucking coven of sorceresses do is visual effects. And, and most of it looks fine, especially on like a TV scale. But the, the times where like, oh, we made a monster and you can talk to it. 
are always like there's just this lived in quality to them because henry cavill is actually interacting with a person that is there or a or a satyr that is there and there's just there's just a different tangible quality i also just (laughs) love puppets puppets Um, are cool folks this is this is why mandalorian works because baby yoda is a puppet he's a real guy dude the baby yoda puppet is impressive baby yoda's a real guy and you can you can hold him and he's a real guy and and that does make like a big uh fucking difference and sometimes something has to be cgi like you can't build the llamas that they ride in last jedi you can't build those but you can build a fish nun and you can build a yoda and it works very effectively when they do those two things yes and that's that's all um that's all i'm gonna say um so a brief um witcher history lesson just in regards to this elf plotline which is like slight you know the real star of the second episode is yennefer this is getting all of our yennefer pieces in order with a side order of Geralt and Yaskier and the setup of that relationship. But the way that the elves work in this universe is very interesting. Um, and they kind of touch on it in this first episode. But just so everyone is clear, the human beings in the world of the Witcher are the descendants of Earth human beings. Um, that, like, every... X amount of time there is what they call the convergence of spheres because in this episode they talk about like the humans arrived on earth and were not previously here there was a there is a literal point where like the universes (laughs) become weakened and so like at a certain point like there were no elves and monsters on this planet and then suddenly like a bunch of fucking elves and monsters were were dumped onto this planet right and the elves came through and they fucking wiped out the races that were here before there were like these other species that existed on this planet and the elves came in and the elves fucking took over and they were you know king shit king shit of fuck mountain until the next convergence of spears and the fucking humans came in and you know the fucking humans are not gonna allow this to be they're always the biggest dicks at the fantasy party so the fucking colonizers came in on a fucking comet and said like no elves we're gonna wipe out your fucking race um and and which is effectively though what apparently what you're saying was what the elves did first though exactly and it's this it's this cycle um and (laughs) some see the elves in this franchise franchise as european jew allegories um it's not like a one-to-one but like their placement within the world seems to line up for a lot of people with like polish jews and eastern european jews i cannot personally i don't know enough to speak on that to any greater extent um but the way that like the (laughs) the caucasian christian white people fucking came in and and uh, wiped out a bunch of people is essentially the state of the world and so we are indeed meeting with like the former top shit king of the elves who now lives in a cave with a fucking goat man yeah that's great um it's great to to speak to jace's point in two statements one welcome to the witcher no one here is fucking good (laughs) right and two and two it further makes that line that's that conversation from the first episode yeah. between it just adds so much context because G- Geralt is laying out the 
you know, Asimov created the three laws of robotics, right? You can't harm a human, you can't, you have to preserve yourself, and you have to ignore rule two if it means breaking rule one, right? Asimov's books run by that rule, so robots have to run by those three laws. The, the laws of the Witcher universe are lesser, middling, greater. It's all just evil. And like ev- everyone in a central this, theme here. Everyone hmm. in this universe has their hands dirty at some point. And right. regardless of how far away that point was in the past, in the case of the elves, it still means your hands are still fucking dirty. They even, it's interesting, uh, now that I think about it, that we're talking about it, at the beginning of episode one, sorry to go back. Uh, no, go for it. Uh, where where he uh we see like the very beginning we see he kills uh what is it called a kiki moor a kiki moor oh, yeah, and um cool guys the wizard guys. the wizard guy who i've already forgotten his name Stregable. again <laughs> that's what i'm here for Streg- yeah thank you uh Stregable basically explains that like no like kiki moras kill because they're hungry right right yeah. and so then this opening scene where we see the Witcher effectively fighting this monster that we just assume is is a bad guy because he looks scary. Right. Um, we then find out, no, dude was just hungry. And then we watch him do a really complex decision where he sees an injured deer and he kills it to put it out of its misery. And then we find out that he ate it. Yeah. Uh, and it. And then thinking about that, that's basically being like, no, the Witcher is no different than the Kikimura. 100%. Yeah, it's just it's just the circle of life like illustrated into a fantasy novel. And, like it's really the, cool. the Kiki the Kikimura is just an apex predator that was doing its thing, but it was pissing some people off, so he took it he took care of it. And right. he says something to that fawn that's injured. And he's like, it's it seems like, like one of us is lucky. Is it or something. Yeah. And that like is also really illustrative of like this universe of like, yeah, it, shit sucks and today it sucked more for you <laughs> but i'm gonna yeah. eat like yeah. it's it's very much everybody here is going to survive and it's going to come at someone else's cost there's no such thing as a free lunch like this universe is built on pain and death and we're this is here you go this is how it works right and then episode two which is what we were talking about episode two right. furthers that by starting with a girl who literally is the embodiment of it's just not your day. Um, yeah, but like just the way yeah. that they wrap this up as like with these with like um, I can't remember his name again, but with uh, Yennefer <laughs> Stregable. Uh, oh, are you talking oh, about the hot guy? So the pretty pretty man, pretty boy, Istrid. Uh, Istrid, Yankee. yeah, wow. Yennefer and Istrid. How like you're introduced to these characters and you're like, wow, these are two characters that are unaffected by any of this bullshit. And then you end the episode. <laughs> Damn, they're both being actually they're both uh, by this bullshit. Separate wizards are manipulating <laughs> everything manipulating that they're doing. Haters. It's like oh, the deep whoa. gut laugh that that that, that made me have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these people are free of bullshit. <laughs> oh boy. Oh no, actually, so they sorry. are living in bullshit. <laughs> and like, listen, just brief shout out here. Uh, Mayanna burning as Tissaia, the, like, head witch. Oh! <laughs> My, if she told me to manipulate a dude, I'd do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we are definitely... She feels, she feels like, um, not Melisandre. Melisandre? Melisandre, or whatever, yeah. From, yeah, the Red Witch from Game of Thrones, who's, like, chaotic good. Yeah! But like lawful but neutral, like also, you know, also, like something like but that. Also lawful, yeah, yeah. Who like 
yeah, you're gonna do good things, but also you're a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah, you suck. Uh, but we are we are just and they're both in red, which is great. Yeah, rules. Uh, we've just unfortunately like the fucking Venn diagram of like okay, cold in personality, hot in body, high status, and in the middle of that is Kevin's bullshit, and she is just like right in the middle of that fucking Venn diagram, <laughs> like the Emma Frost, Frankie Dart fucking meeting yeah. of those circles. Oh wow! No, I never made that connection before, but that's spot on. Hey, yeah. hey, hey Jace. Hey, yeah. Jace. I think uh, we've uh, we've helped Kev discover, or maybe he's just elucidated us to his type. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're both hot and cold. Uh, you're yes and you're no. Uh, but it's you know, anytime I'm playing a fucking video game, <laughs> I hate that you just did that. I'm sorry. So much. Uh, anytime I play. Playing a fight. You ever hear a tank so bad you just need to go to bed? You're in, then you're out. You're up, then you're down. You're wrong, and it's right. You're black, and it's white. We fight, we break up, we kiss, we make up. Um, <laughs> what would Carly Rae Jepsen think? If me quoting Katie, she'd probably support it. She's nice and Katie. Uh, she's nice and fucking Canadian. Um, but anytime I'm playing a video game with romance options, and I'm like, oh, who am I gonna? Who am I gonna smooch in this? And they bring me someone who's like oh, really hot and really oh, cold. I'm like, oh, Miranda Lawson, Mass Effect Two. Oh, Edelgard, Fire Emblem oh, Three man. Houses, done and done, <laughs> done and oh, done. Man. So, so you like Judy Alvarez in Cyberpunk? Yeah, you get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. Oh, so you get oh, it. Oh, so you see. Oh, so you get it. You're significantly out of my depth at this point. I'm like, just... it's really funny because I was. I'm. I'm this is another aside. I'll make it quick. I apologize. Nah, I hit it. I'm playing through. I'm playing through Cyberpunk as well, and I know Kev is, but I'm very I'm slow behind working. you. What's up? Is it working? Oh, it's working great for me. Yeah, it's working. It's X. working fine I'm, for I'm me. Um, but I, yeah. if I were you, I mean, Jace, I know you don't have the system. I'd wait. You know, give it, give it, a, give it a little bit. I wasn't bit. planning on getting it for a while. I mean, I, you yeah. know, as just, I mean, I've heard a lot of conflicting perspectives on the trans representation, yes. so I'm just kind of letting it chill for a little bit before I make any decisions. Oh yeah. So like, I love this game. It's one. It's just Fallout. It's just a Fallout game. Yeah. It's not hundred percent. Two. Two. It's got some of the best character moments, complemented by some of the most abrasive racial stereotypes i've ever seen in my life every japanese character is a caricature it's the fucking worst it sucks and like really bad actually there's a lot of it shit sucks. in this game that sucks a lot but there's a lot in this game that's really fucking slaps <laughs> so it's tough but anyway my my story was uh judy alvarez is this like ripper doc who's covered in tattoos and is obviously the chick you bring home to make your parents mad she's 100 she's 100 my shit and then i did a couple missions and met this character named pan am and she, she's like the girl i actually married yeah pan am's <laughs> so, cool and so, and so i'm playing this game and i'm like but like but like there's the bad one who hits buttons but then this one's like really good <laughs> and uh it's great and so it's great to know that kev is an absolute judy fan <laughs> yeah i fucking uh feel you so hard and the great thing about choosing between those two characters is that your gender decides for you so uh good for you uh but uh yeah anyway i we it's just it, it it's, this show's very good it makes you uh uh question all your shit and also yeah the way they do sorceresses in this world is just it's my shit it's just, it's it's something I'm so into. I'm so into the Lodge of Sorceresses. I'm so into uh, the way that, uh, Jace, you will soon see how, like, their whole society works. It's so good. It's exactly my jam. Uh, and Yennefer is the best. 
she's, she's the best. She's this is. I mean, this is just a really exciting uh, introduction to this this world, and I'm really excited to keep going and talk about it with y'all. Do you also hear yes. jams and like fat beats? I heard I heard music <laughs> briefly. <laughs> oh my no, my no, my my dear dear wife is watching the utterly terrible Tiny Pretty Things on Netflix, which is about. It's like in Black Swan and Pretty Little Liars had a really stupid baby. Holy <laughs> shit. I mean, that show sounds great, what you've just described. <laughs> oh, I was it's, like, I, was like I, don't know. I don't think you know your audience right now. Yeah, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> it's the, no, hold on, hold on. I've been watching it all day with it. It's the most exquisite melodrama I've ever watched. Oh, but beautiful. it's also full of some of the most phoned-in performances I think I've ever seen oh, in my okay. life. It, it has <laughs> it's a... Like, it's like, like watching Riverdale and being like, I can't look away from this train wreck 100%. and being like, this is terrible, terrible, terrible content. But also it just gets so insane that you're like, I need to keep watching this. Yeah, it's like watching Tiger King, which I didn't do, but oh, you know. Oh, do it. Oh, do it. <laughs> no, I will not. <laughs> it's a good little show. It is, it, is, it is several hours of your life you will not get back. It's uh, <laughs> it obviously <laughs> sickening this and manipulative in some ways, but it was a good watch, I've got to say. <laughs> went down smooth it was thoroughly entertaining but <laughs> deeply disturbing deeply disturbing in many ways and obviously manipulative when they're talking <laughs> when they're like carol baskin grinded up her cousin with her her husband and you see the meat grinder in her kitchen and it's one of those fucking like bingy with babish i'm like you can't put a man through this this is not the sweetie <laughs> time meat grinder <laughs> Fun tie-in with community they did a return episode where they reflected on the actual series Starring Joel McHale. Starring Joel McHale. Ain't that wild? Ain't that something? Wild, <laughs> like a tiger. Oh, 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 I think that's that's cute that it's my bedtime. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about I think it's about time we wrapped up. So this sounds <laughs> this seems that seems like as good a cue. Uh, as any uh but this has been we're not going to do any rankings or anything for there's no need to rank for these eight episodes for these episodes have to watch all of them for any of them to make sense yeah uh exactly and you know i again i think it's a good balance of super arc and in episode arc it's like each episode we're going to encounter a little problem we're going to solve it but also we are adding to the larger story. Uh, That's my favorite type of development on a, on a short form series, like a mini series or like a season of a television show. I wouldn't say short form. Oh, in all honesty, and I'm writing an article about this that I'll share with y'all when it's done. It's the progression of prestige television is that like a lot of people think that prestige TV means it's unique. And I don't mean this negatively. It's not that it's unique. It's that it does everything everyone else has already done but just does it like a movie would do it. So it's still procedural in ways. It's just not completely procedural. And Witcher's like that. It's like, we got a problem to solve this episode, but it's going to bleed into the overarching. Right. Is that like, we, we went to this well, because like, I think shows like, you know, my beloved Lost, uh, but also like Justify, we're like a good mixture of these ideas. Is that like we have a thing that this episode is about and we're adding to the superstructure of it. And then for a while with these Netflix shows, we were leaning too hard into super arc and not doing nearly enough arc. That it's like, uh-huh. I have to watch fucking four episodes of some of these goddamn shows for anything to occur. Whereas like the shows that are actually popular on Netflix, like fucking bojack or the office or friends are episodic with like added super arcs but i can also sit down for half an hour and get a complete experience community was a big hit when it went on netflix right which is a good mixture of these things and like i think 
it's 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 because that we're we're starting to because we have the ability to binge we have a greater lens on both of those arcs right we're able to look at the the episodic arc and the season arc and even the show arc at a much easier like in a, in a much easier way it's much easier to like look at them side by side but the thing is at the same time though they really nailed the individual episode arc because that's where their main focus is. right they were like okay this big arc is just in the background because it's gotta last this long anyway um and we do minor developments and it feels like it's stretching on forever, but that's because when viewed on a weekly basis, you're not thinking about the super arc in the same way. You're thinking about right, right here. It's like, oh, okay, this thing happened. It's like, oh, what's going to happen this week? But when you're binging it, you're like, what happens over the course of this season? And it, we're starting to see it integrated a little bit more effectively in network TV shows now. I mean, certain ones, right? You're not going to see you're not going to see um, uh, Law and Order. Right, yeah. start to adapt massive super arc for <laughs> right. the season. That's just not going to happen. You're not going to see that right. happen. But it's, if you it's want. really exciting to see the way that these these kind of developments are affecting. Even like yeah. I, I think of back to a show that neither of you have seen, Steven Universe. The way that they kind of <laughs> pull in this idea of a super arc is insane. What they pull off in this show, and it's a Jason's cartoon. just going to bury us with that. Y'all need to watch the damn show. Uh, those of you playing along at home, take a drink. Uh, every time, every time Jace you, mentions Steven Universe, every time I mention Lost, just like take a drink. If you really want to watch, I've got so many of those. Like, I guess people are waiting for me to say Star Wars because that's the thing. I yeah, bring that's every the time. current one yeah, right now. Yeah. If you want a really good example of all of the stuff y'all have been talking about, we have been talking about for the last like ten minutes. Um, Shonda Rhimes is really good at writing shows, as everyone oh, knows. Yeah, we all know. And, um, like, Grey's Anatomy arguably doesn't have a mega arc for much of it. Occasionally right. they'll throw a bigger arc in. But, and like, like a four she episode really, arc or something. Yeah. yeah, she really cut her teeth with that and how to get away with murder. Sure. And Scandal. speaking of binging shows, as as Jace just said, speaking of binging shows, um, <laughs> Sunday, Amanda and I watched all of Bridgerton. Oh, I was just about <laughs> to say, how is it? I haven't watched it's very, It's very good. It's it's like a Jane Austen drama made by Shonda Rhimes, so it's like I'm just drama to the nth degree. But also just um, like kind of just like throwing the rules a little bit out the window. From yeah, almost completely out the window. Most, mostly because there's like, and it doesn't take place in America, so I don't know my history well enough. But there's just a pretty large population of black people who are lords and i'm like right no, what? that's not what? accurate i mean also from what i've heard just a little bit just like the sheer amount of glitter in the costumes not historically accurate i don't yeah, care it's like, it's give like, it to me it's like hollywood the glitter. Yeah. give us the glitter it's like hollywood vikings they don't look like what vikings look like but they're right. all extremely fun. they look like so opera like, like they look, but but now that's what we think fucking vikings look like so you can't yeah, you you can't change it now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's uh. Well, I'm gonna dip out. Y'all can continue if you'd like, but I gotta go hold a baby. I'll show you the baby real quick if you want to see. Baby. See him. Yes, I want to hold see on. baby. There is a baby. Hello, hello, baby. Hello, baby. Hold on. Hello. I baby. love you, baby. Now Elmo <laughs> will ask a baby. <laughs> Hi, baby. How do you hello, tie baby. your shoes? <laughs> and the baby never oh, answers because it's a baby. Look at that little squish. Look at that little squish. Love her. Hello. Oh. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. 
Uh, listeners at home, I don't know how much of this I left in, but there is a baby on the screen. <laughs> I did. I did let y'all see see him first. I walked into the living room with the camera on my left and pumping. She was like, oh my god, don't. I was like, don't worry. Don't worry, I'm not gonna. <laughs> god, it's, it's a small frame. Oh, dinner and the show. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry, this yeah. is just audio. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> it's uh, friggin' beautiful. Well, Daddy Host, I thank you for joining us. It's so nice to talk about The Witcher yeah. with you. Yes, I'm glad I could come in and uh, offer my very long opinions. One might say I love Puppet. Right, yeah. Oh, shit. Meta as fuck. <laughs> Incredible. I love y'all. Uh, take it easy. I'll be back next week. Follow me on Twitter, love, love, and shit. If you want, you don't have to. <laughs> bye bye. Wow, what a guy! Wow, what a guy! What love a guy. him. Yeah, love him. Great guy. Good guy. Great guy. Good kid. Good kid. Good, oh, good kid. Got a good head on his shoulders. <laughs> but uh, yes, we slide now into the section that uh, we call plugs. Let's see. TV's Kevin Lanigan on all the stuff. Uh, that's me. Uh, Greendale three on the Twitter. That's all of us. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and recommend a delightful little uh, documentary that I watched yesterday. Um, it is uh, a film called Italian American. It is a 45-minute Martin Scorsese documentary that he made about his parents, who are fucking the most New York fucking Italians you've ever met in your entire life. They are fucking hysterical. And it's just like... It's just a nice little interview about, like, what was New York when you were growing up. Tell stories about, like, your life and your family and and, and raising fucking Martin Scorsese. Um, it's from, like, 1974. Um, and it's, like, fucking delightful. I watched it over a lunch break. And I would recommend doing literally that for anyone out there in the world. <laughs> like, give, have a nice warm food and just, like listen to Martin Scorsese's mom talk about fucking pasta sauce for 10 minutes because it is great. I love that. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking good. Awesome. Uh, yeah, the super arc of this documentary is she's making pasta <laughs> while all of this is happening. Uh, great, <laughs> great fucking documentary. If you've seen, like, Goodfellas, like, his mom is in that and she's hysterical. She's so funny. Um, anyway, when they come back in from the murders and she's like, you look so hungry. Like, have some fucking... Spaghetti is that his actual mom? Yeah, it's his actual mom. He's she's playing like That's I think funny. Joe Pesci's mom. Uh but um it's it's uh very funny. Anyway, it's Italian American and it's currently streaming on the Criterion channel, but I'm sure you can get it any number of places. I'm gonna throw mine out there. Yeah, you can follow me at Jason Ziv. Ziv is how it's pronounced, but it's Z I it's J A C N No. J A C E N Z-I-E-V. I apparently don't know my own name. Um, I didn't say it earlier. My pronouns are they, them. Uh, I am the non-binary host of the show when I'm here. Um, I don't have much of a plug outside. You, you got me inspired, though, as far as like plugging another show that I really enjoy. I have been meaning it's been out for a while, this most recent season of it, and I'm behind a season. Um, there's a show on Netflix. If you like watching... Um, films and television in other languages and throw on some subtitles and get going there is a show called three percent that is a uh dystopian political sci-fi show that is just fucking incredible i uh, it is an amazing show it's visually stunning uh it's captivating it's adventurous it's puzzly it's like it's it's heady 
it's it's everything that I love in a good show. It makes you think. It's got some great shots. It's got some action, adventure, and but like it's it, developments in the political. It's I don't know. I just love it. I think it's unbelievable. Uh, it's in Portuguese. I believe it's uh, Netflix Brazil. Um, three percent. It's the number three in the percent sign. It's fabulous. Give it a watch. Um, I just love it so much. Um, and I think that's what I'm going to leave y'all with because. Uh, it's, it's a great show, and uh, I like talking about great shows. It's so there, uh, fucking good show. Uh, I can't. I, that's a great recommendation. I'm gonna if I can uh, take you up on that. Um, look, see, uh, it's really great. We'll talk about it. Absolutely. Uh, we will be back uh, next week with, frankly, two of the most iconic stories in uh, the Witcher short story collections. Uh, these are uh, going to be. Very, very fun, and uh, frankly, just some excellent Yennefer hashtag content. Uh, so this I'm is, very excited. Yeah, very excited. Uh, get on the Yennefer train, choo-choo. Um, and until next week, well, we can't say... It's not going to be pop-pop. We can't say pop-pop. <laughs> um, what can we say? Speak normal. <laughs> what? <laughs> he says that to Struggleberg. He's like, you wizards always talk and say nonsense and make mysterious faces. Speak normal. <laughs> that didn't even rhyme. It. Everyone knows good prophecies rhyme. The voice he's doing <laughs> is hysterical. And I can't imagine how much like actual vocal work he did to like sink into that that gravel. Because that's not what Henry Cavill fucking sounds like. No. Um, and it's like when you read that like Bradley Cooper spent like a full year learning how to talk like his character in A Star Is Born, just like getting into that register and training himself to get that low. Um, anyway, fascinating actor shit. Jeez. Um, but until next week, speak normal. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> you only have to live with it three more times. Okay. Until season two. I guess we don't sing a song. I'm all off. I don't, I don't so have a song. <laughs> I know Caleb was saying that he was going to sing Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. Coin. Oh, I'll sing. Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty, oh valley of plenty, oh. Kevin, are you snapping on one and three right now? Are you, are you really snapping on one and three right now? I am white as the driven snow, my friend. <laughs> Uh, I was just Lucy Goose and I was just having a good time. I'm not here to play by your rules. I don't make the rules. It's just, it's it's not really a rule as much as it's just, I can't even. I'm not even getting into this right now. Toss a coin to your witcher. Oh, baby, oh, plenty. Oh, baby, plenty. Oh. <laughs> you didn't like it? You didn't like it? I, I, didn't, I didn't dislike the performance. I did dislike the snaps. Well, that's fine. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> So I, I avoid snapping normally in in social situations and in in, in in situations of, of grace oh and finance. God. I avoid snapping at all costs because I know I'll embarrass myself. There's there's a Thanos joke in there somewhere. I'm not going to try hard enough to make it happen. Yeah, listener, fucking fill in your own. We, you know, snap. It's a snap joke. Snap joke. Snap. Something about Scorsese and his mom. Snap go bye-bye. Scorsese. <laughs>
Oh, God. 